0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Think
1: It Ain't Illegal Yet. I'm your host, St. Clinton. On this show, we'll be playing some poetry, spoken word, and other things. About political and social issues Going on around the world Both past, present, and future Which will hopefully make you think
2: Another poem from the heart That paints a picture like art Out of all those in the gallery Put this in your cart Though these words cannot be bought but given to the most holy men and the ones stuck in prison to listen and learn as you start to see my vision hindsight's 2020. we learn from our past but we must look towards the future if we are to last this is for the haves and the have nots we take all our cultures and we stir the pot we must coexist if we are to survive for the other route only leads to genocide nobody should hide who they are deep inside Who you were born to be, must be you when you die. Fear is not stronger than love, no matter what you've been told. Though power corrupts and makes ignorance bold. Bring something to the table if you wish to have a seat. We all must survive, so we all have to eat. I bring peace to the meal, it's the best food for thought. And even better in action, despite what they brought. Some are caught in a wave of madness and turmoil, but we all must have love for each other and our soils. My food cannot spoil for it was never meant to. Take a look at why you're here and why God has sent you. The present is a present. Matthew means gift from God. I'm grateful for my name. It helps me get even with the odds. This truth can seem odd to those who wish not to see. We must stand up for what's right and know never to flee. We plead for guidance from leaders who do not try to feed us ones if we turned against might try to beat us but that does not leave us no hope or doubt only faith in what's right and faith in ourselves we all stand strong and can never collapse we must quit all our drugs and refuse to relapse our minds get in states that we're never meant to travel to a war will rage on and all you'll do is battle you we must keep it true through the lies some will weave Tangled webs in our heads, only meant to deceive Do not give in to greed or lust Put aside all your wants, look out for your needs and love I hold a torch in the darkness, hoping to guide the way To a world filled with peace and brighter days If you've passed by my painting, I beg you, take a second look Though it's only a page, it's worth more than some books I will pump out these poems till the day that I pass if I do not live on to see our bright future, through you I will last. I have Imagine. a dream
3: that one day this nation will rise up, and live out the true meaning of its dreams. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that my four little children one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Yes. Because I've been to the mountaintop.
4: Yes. I don't mind. Yes.
3: Like anybody, I would like to live a long life, longevity, has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's Slowly through
5: grassy field, dusk's dim light, enough to yield. Scant outline of its rodent prey, oblivious to soon deadly play. Predator's patience as she watches and waits. Muscles wound like springs to seal cruel fate. Feline pounces and grabs her quarry struggling victim of a cat's proud glory. Nimble warriors of fur and claw, agile hunters with nerve so raw. Through Indian jungle or African plain, the prowess of cats deserve great fame. Sharp fanged tooth, fierce and bold, stalked great beasts in arboreals so old. Predators with eyes that glow at night, cats evolved for the hunt and the fight. Sly and coy, and oft times distant, Moods that change in, in a mere instant Purring gently while crouched on your lap Spread out on your rug for her daily noon nap A symbol of luck, for better or worse Cats blame too oft for some foul curse Feline familiars in magic and lore Black cats persecuted by the score Hunters and poachers seek to destroy Creatures of our earth through deceptive ploy Trophies collected for fortune and fame Their evil intent wild animals to maim. What if Bengal tigers lose the fight? Destruction of habitat enhances their plight. Big cats of the wild may soon disappear, for the learned a prospect for great fear. Tigers, pumas, ocelots, and lynx. Felines have enchanted since before the Sphinx. Cats of Egypt had mystical charm. Sacred demigods no Egyptian would harm. Greeks and Romans, Babylonians and Norse, all worship cats as a great divine force. Since human culture first walked the land, cats have been a respected companion of man. Maine Coon, Persian, or Siamese strain, our love affair with cats will forever remain. Cats of our planet, both big and small, man's responsibility to protect Orange them all. lie.
6: When you got big power, you can tell a big lie. Repeat it often, and the truth will die. You can invent your own alternative facts. You can make up all kinds of crazy crap. Up is down, good is bad, right is wrong, and happy is sad. War is peace, and love is hate. Repeat it often, and they'll take the bait. Some are too dumb to ever know Some are too scared to just say no Some want the power you bestow And some just want the blood to flow So, stand up my friend Shout it to the end Shout to the mountains Shout to the sky Shout to the deep blue sea We're mad as hell We're the majority You're not the boss of me When you got big power You can destroy the truth You can make up stuff And call it real news If they call it fake You call them liars If they persist you get out the pliers. Pull their fingernails one by one. If they don't submit, you get out your gun. Some are too dumb to ever know. Some are too scared to just say no. Some want the power you bestow. And some just want...
7: Thank you very much. Governor Keating and Mrs. Keating, Reverend Graham, to the families of those who have been lost and wounded, to the people of Oklahoma City who have endured so much, and the people of this wonderful state, to all of you who are here as our fellow Americans. I am honored to be here today to represent the American people. But I have to tell you that Hillary and I also come as parents, as husband and wife, as people who were your neighbors for some of the best years of our lives. Today, our nation joins with you in grief. We mourn with you. We share your hope against hope that some may still survive. We thank all those who have worked so heroically to save lives and to solve this crime, those here in Oklahoma and those who are all across this great land and many who left their own lives to come here to work hand in hand with you. We pledge to do all we can to help you heal the injured, to rebuild this city, and to bring to justice those who did this evil. This terrible sin took the lives of our American family, innocent children in that building only because their parents were trying to be good parents as well as good workers, citizens in the building going about their daily business, and many there who served the rest of us, who worked to help the elderly and the disabled, who worked to support our farmers and our veterans, who worked to enforce our laws and to protect us. Let us say clearly, they served us well, and we are grateful. But for so many of you, they were also neighbors and friends. You saw them at church or the PTA meetings, at the civic clubs, or the ballpark, you know them in ways that all the rest of America could not. And to all the members of the families here present who have suffered loss, though we share your grief, your pain is unimaginable, and we know that. We cannot undo it. That is God's work. Our words seem small beside the loss you have endured, but I found a few I wanted to share today. I've received a lot of letters in these last terrible days. One stood out because it came from a young widow and a mother of three whose own husband was murdered with over 200 other Americans when Pan Am 103 was shot down. Here is what that woman said I should say to you today. The anger you feel is valid, but you must not allow yourselves to be consumed by it. The hurt you feel must not be allowed to turn into hate, but instead into the search for justice. The loss you feel must not paralyze your own lives. Instead, you must try to pay tribute to your loved ones by continuing to do all the things they left undone, thus ensuring they did not die in vain. Wise words from one who also knows. You have lost too much, but you have not lost everything. And you have certainly not lost America. For we will stand with you for as many tomorrows as it takes. If ever we needed evidence of that, I could only recall the words of Governor and Mrs. Keating. If anybody thinks that Americans are mostly mean and selfish, they ought to come to Oklahoma. If anybody thinks Americans have lost the capacity for love and caring and courage, they ought to come to Oklahoma. To all my fellow Americans beyond this hall, I say, one thing we owe those who have sacrificed is the duty to purge ourselves of the dark forces which gave rise to this evil. They are forces that threaten our common peace, our freedom. Our way of life. Let us teach our children that the God of comfort is also the God of righteousness. Those who trouble their own house will inherit the wind, justice will prevail. Let us let our own children know that we will stand against the forces of fear. When there is talk of hatred, let us stand up and talk against it. When there is talk of violence, let us stand up and talk against it. In the face of death, let us honor life. As St. Paul admonished us, let us not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yesterday, Hillary and I had the privilege of speaking with some children of other federal employees, children like those who were lost here. And one little girl said something we will never forget. She said, we should all plant a tree in memory of the children. So this morning, before we got on the plane to come here at the White House, we planted that tree in honor of the children of Oklahoma. It was a dogwood with its wonderful spring flower and its deep, enduring roots. It embodies the lesson of the Psalms that the life of a good person is like a tree whose leaf does not wither. My fellow Americans, a tree takes a long time to grow, and wounds take a long time to heal. But we must begin... Those who are lost now belong to God. Someday we will be with them. But until that happens, their legacy must be our lives. Thank you all, and God bless you..
2: filled with darkness, we must try to see the light. Take a seat and learn from me. I teach people to stand up and fight for themselves and for loved ones and for all those in need. Take those off their high horse and do not blame the steed. If we are to succeed, we must never lose hope. These are words of inspiration that you do not need to quote. We use words like dope, sick, and bad like they're cool. We must realize these are things we were not taught in school. Society wants us to think awful things are great Advice that could lead us to death, a grave mistake. But let's take a moment to look around this dark world. Dark truths hide behind bright lights, drugs, men and girls. They tell us sex sells as they sell drugs to children, afraid that we will become strong men and women. They're ready to give us the mark of the beast, we are more than upset. But light has now risen like the sun and won't set. I offer truth and inspiration, we must all hold our weight with no hesitation. Since our creation we were destined for greatness, we must all keep it real and just let the fake hate us. Never let them name us or call us something different, like bitches, punks, or slaves. We are strong men and women. We have a bright future if we choose to see the light. If it wasn't for us at the bottom, the top would not have its height. If they choose to look down on us, let's not bring them down with us, but rise to the top together with this life that God gives us. If the peak is corrupt, then it has to erupt, blow up and blow over for those just like us. The common person, it's what makes us extraordinary. We are all the same, though each being varies. From insects to humans, from ground to water, We all must love our planet and all those in it, for together we're stronger. For there is no honor in disrespect, and you are still responsible for those things you choose to neglect. We all have regrets, that's what makes us human. Pride in good deeds and shame in ones of good times ruined. Let us cease the confusion and know where we're heading. Real people will have a reunion when I see you in heaven. There is nothing wrong with standing up for what's right, our victory is coming, even if it's not in sight. So follow the light, our destination is peace. For us and for all, as we let the love increase. I have
3: the pleasure to present to you, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I have the pleasure to present to you, Dr. Martin Luther King, are. The Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. The Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty, in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. The Negro is still languished in the corners of American society. and yeah. finds himself in exile in his own land. The Negro is not free. hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity, but one hundred years later, the Negroes is not free.
5: pine and oak, the magic hour for fairy folk. Twilight twinkles cross leaf and brush, denizens of dusk now must rush. When mortal man deserts our grove, magic creatures claim their trove. Elves and fairies, sprites and trolls, appear from petals and hidden dark holes. On summer solstice, mystic eve, fairy folk dance for those who believe. A celebration of earth, wind, and sky, by magical beings who walk and fly. My child awakens from her heavenly sleep, startled by the sounds of giggles and peeps. Her garden becomes filled with music and song, a chorus line of fairy folk dance all night long. Sprites and gnomes, elves and fairies, goblin imps so crooked and hairy. A garden show by magical folk, singing and dancing our hearts to evoke. Soft shoe, can-can, elves and tights, Comedians, slapstick, variety nights. A chorus line of gremlins, pixies, and trolls. An impish little Elvis who sings rocks and rolls. Insect-like voices pierce the night air with country, pop, and jazzy fare. An orchestra of pixies in a garden pit. A firefly conductor who's somewhat lit. On a midsummer's eve, when the moon rides high, the fairy stage a play for my daughter's young eyes. From a curtain of fern, On a stage of oak, sprites and elves act the story of the fairy folk. They sing about the plight of a nearsighted elf, a tiny gent who fell in love with himself. His reflection reflected in a lily pond, the image of a being that made him very fond. Enamored of the sprite who lives in a pool, Eli the Elf became the object of great ridicule. Sitting still for days, staring at his sight, Goblins and pixies taunted him to great and evil delight. You blind and silly elf, your girlfriend does not love. Perhaps your little pixie has another turtle dove. Go jump in the pond and end your distress. You'll never find happiness with this young princess. Eli brought flowers and candy to the pond, hoping against hope that his new lover would respond. But the image only stared from gentle water's waves. Eli's gifts so spurned by an elf that never seemed to crave. Tears of sorrow fell from Eli's face. How could another sprite ever take her place? Perhaps the pixies are speaking no lies. Perhaps their cruel words are in fact wise. A pretty little pixie by the name of Drew takes pity on Eli who is now looking so blue. A pair of spectacles she fashions from glass in hopes that Eli's eyesight will be of higher class. Eli Elf's vision now much improved. False notions of a girlfriend all but removed. The image of this lovely pixie who was so very kind. Eli and Drew now become romantically entwined. The play ends and the fairy folk bow. A round of applause and a chorus of wow. As dawn peers above the horizon of mist, the fairy folk exit from our gardenly
1: mist. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sane Clinton. I just want to drop in real quick and say thank you for listening to this show. Whether you listen through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Plus, Player FM, or any other way, I just want to say thank
8: you. Yeah. You're listening to Rumble in the Morning on FM
9: 99. Games for your butt. Brought to you by Video Game Heaven. Check out Video Game Heaven on Facebook or at their three locations. Battlefield Boulevard in Chesapeake, Lynn Haven Parkway in Virginia Beach, and their new location on
10: Colonial Avenue in Norfolk. Here's Shelley.
8: Today, for games for your butt, we've got the good news and we've got the fake news. Where to start? Well, the headlines say E3 will be open to the public this year. If it wasn't before, then who are all those people there? (laughs) That's not important. Starting Monday, regular folks can buy tickets for the biggest gaming convention in the world starting at $250, $250, with only $15,000 available. Okay, now for the fake news. Some wise guy out there sent a Brazilian news channel a video of a limousine doing sick burnout and claimed it was part of the defensive driving course required to drive for the president. And it looks pretty legit, too, except it was a video game
11: that information that was false and fake and never happened got released to the public
8: Forza 6 is the game and apparently it looks that good Wrong. because this news station rolled the footage a pile
12: of garbage. I mean
8: based on the audio it could literally be anything. It's a disgrace. But take our word for it just this once, okay? You are fixed. There's a new piece of Nintendo Switch news to pass along. One of the launch titles for the new Nintendo system is simply called 1-2-Switch. One One Switch. And it's a collection of a lot of one-word mini-games like Milk and Wizard and Shaver. But the worst of all, and also perhaps the best form of birth control yet, is simply called Baby. Yep, the Switch's tablet will turn into a crying baby that cries pretty much non-stop. Do you remember Tamagotchi? Yeah, well, it's like that, except about as far from cute as you can get you have to rock the tablet and bounce it gently until the baby might fall asleep is that what it's really like isn't there a husband that you can hand the baby off to or something
3: that baby don't look like me
8: there's a brand new smartwatch for you old school gamers it's legit licensed by atari called game watch you can impress literally no one when you show them classics like pong asteroid and breakout right there on your wrist The next gaming venture appears to be the fanny pack that holds Pokemon eggs. Wait, do Pokemons come from eggs? Never mind. And finally in the butt, uh, there is some video game smack talking happening. As Michael Vick told TMZ Sports this week that he thinks his Madden 0-4 character is the greatest of all time. Of video game football.
3: Oh,
8: oh. The 0-4 <laughs> Michael Vick, even better than Bo Jackson's Tecmo Bowl beast. Bo legendarily couldn't be tackled on Tecmo Bowl. He's too fast.
9: You gotta tackle me. It's B. You gotta press B. I'm pressing B. He's
8: too fast. Going <laughs> over here. Going over here now. Uh,
9: Never get tired. You're cheating. I'm not cheating. I'm following the rules. I'm just Really good. You're not yeah. really good. You just got Bo Jackson.
8: Well, Vic had a freaking yeah, yeah. 94 speed rating at QB, meaning the only way to stop him was to assault your opponent. An argument broke out on the internet, and I'll just throw this in here: if you use either player in either game, you're a total hack. And if you want to play either of those games, go see if you can find them at Video Game Heaven. They have all kinds of old and new cool stuff. And that is a game
0: over. Have you ever played
5: from it? Frontier Woods in Old Kentucky's Wild? a Lincoln family blessed with the Abraham child. Destined to lead a great nation in strife, Lincoln would serve a distinguished political life. An adept axman and woodsman of fame, a postmaster barrister and surveyor of claim, a circuit court lawyer through Illinois state, a statesman with extraordinary powers of debate. Southern traditions both old and vile, no freedom for a black slave child, monocles and shackles of humankind, to lincoln were instruments of cruel minds slavery's sin had sullied a nation an abomination to lincoln not of god's creation for lincoln no nation could stand divided men who foster slavery must always be chided a republican candidate without southern support an articulate statesman with great powers to court he raced against douglas a democrat of great skill lincoln became president a testament to iron will a man of the people so greatly admired, a top hat and beard, a soul so on fire, deep piercing eyes that see into men's hearts, a burning desire that a nation not live apart. Confederate secession greeted the new president. Without their slavery, the South would not remain resident. At Fort Sumter, a cruel civil war would begin, a great trial for Lincoln, for his union must win. A northern army from Washington marched south, but battle with Confederates left great doubt. At Manassas town, the rebels would win, the first skirmish of many that would kill many kin. Shiloh and Gettysburg, to name but a few, the blood of their brothers were no longer new. Families torn asunder by hatred and war, soldiers laid siege to settle old scores. Lee, Jackson, and Ulysses S. Grant, generals who led a nation's bloody war chant. In an Appomattox courthouse, a surrender was reached, a nation reunited, a great wrong had been breached. For Lincoln and the president, his nation was saved, his quest for man's freedom that he rightly so craved. At Gettysburg, he proclaimed that all men are the same. His inspirational words earned him a great name. A conspiracy of heart for men of ill will, a decision that a president must soon be killed. An actor of fame with a pistol concealed arrives at a playhouse to seal a damned deal. A shadowy figure took form in the dark, In old Ford Cedar, the president his mark. While Lincoln and family watched a new Washington play, John Wilkes Booth made an unholy foray. Lincoln assassinated by a single gunshot, a victim of madness and sinister plot, and Illinois' tomb marks his last resting place, a nation remembers a man of presidential grace. A bold trial lawyer of great esteem, a visionary president with a unifying dream, that all men are equal in the sight of the Lord, for Abraham
12: Lincoln, a great nation. I have learned already in this office that the difficult decisions always come to this desk. I must admit that many of them do not look at all the same as the hypothetical questions that I have answered freely and perhaps too fast on previous occasions. My customary policy is to try and get all the facts and to consider the opinions of my countrymen and to take counsel with my most valued friends. But these seldom agree, and in the end, the decision is mine. To procrastinate, to agonize, and to wait for a more favorable turn of events that may never come or more compelling external pressures that may as well be wrong as right is itself a decision of sorts and a weak and potentially dangerous course for a president to follow. I have promised to uphold the Constitution, to do what is right as God gives me to see the right, and to do the very best that I can for America. I have asked your help and your prayers, not only when I became president, but many times since. The Constitution is the supreme law of our land, and it governs our actions as citizens. Only the laws of God, which govern our consciences, are superior to it. As we are a nation under God, so I am sworn to uphold our laws with the help of God. And I have sought such guidance and searched my own conscience with special diligence to determine the right thing for me to do with respect to my predecessor in this place, Richard Nixon, and his loyal wife and family. Theirs is an American tragedy in which we all all have played a part. It could go on and on and on, or someone must write the end to it. I have concluded that only I can do that. And if I can, I must. There are no historic or legal precedents to which I can turn in this matter, none that precisely fit the circumstances of a private citizen who has resigned the presidency of the United States. But it is common knowledge that serious allegations and accusations hang like a sword over our former president's head, threatening his health as he tries to reshape his life a great part of which was spent in the service of this country and by the mandate of its people. After years of bitter controversy and divisive national debate, I have been advised and I am compelled to conclude that many months and perhaps more years will have to pass before Richard Nixon could obtain a fair trial by jury in any jurisdiction of the United States under governing decisions of the Supreme Court. I deeply believe in equal justice for all Americans, whatever their station or former station. The law, whether human or divine, is no respecter of persons but the law is a respecter of reality. The facts as I see them are that a former president of the United States instead of enjoying equal treatment with any other citizen accused of violating the law would be cruelly and excessively penalized either in preserving the presumption of his innocence or in obtaining a speedy determination of his guilt in order to repay a legal debt to society. During this long period of delay and potential litigation, ugly passions would again be aroused and our people would again be polarized in their opinions. And the credibility of our free institutions of government would again be challenged at home and abroad in the end the courts might well hold that Richard Nixon had been denied due process and the verdict of history would even more be inconclusive with respect to those charges arising out of the period of his presidency of which I am presently aware but it is not the ultimate fate of Richard Nixon that most concerns me, though surely it deeply troubles every decent and every compassionate person. My concern is the immediate future of this great country. In this, I dare not depend upon my personal sympathy as a long-time friend of the former president, nor my professional judgment as a lawyer and I do not. As President, my primary concern must always be the greatest good of all the people of the United States, whose servant I am. As a man, my first consideration is to be true to my own convictions and my own conscience. My conscience tells me clearly and certainly that I cannot prolong the bad dreams that continue to reopen a chapter that is closed. My conscience tells me that only I, as president, have the constitutional power to firmly shut and seal this book. My conscience tells me it is my duty not merely to proclaim domestic tranquility but to use every means that I have to ensure it. I do believe that the buck stops here that I cannot rely upon public opinion polls to tell me what is right. I do believe that right makes might and that If I am wrong, ten angels swearing I was right would make no difference. I do believe with all my heart and mind and spirit that I, not as president, but as a humble servant of God, will receive justice without mercy if I fail to show mercy. Finally, I feel that Richard Nixon and his loved ones have suffered enough and will continue to suffer no matter what I do. No matter what we, as a great and good nation, can do together to make his goal of peace come true. Now, therefore, I, Gerald R. Ford, President of the United States, pursuant <clears throat> to the pardon power conferred upon me by Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution, have granted, and by these presents do grant, a full free and absolute pardon unto Richard Nixon for all offenses against the United States which he, Richard Nixon, has committed or may have committed or taken part in during the period from July 20, 1969 through August 9, 1974.
4: hiding place. A warm embrace to escape America's blues. I need a woman's understanding, your intuition. Take me away from all the madness, the crime, the corruption, the abduction of justice and equality. I am in search of rivers of reason, oceans of wisdom, a collection of voices who understand sanity and dismantling of humanity. Will you be my angel? Will you be my sage? My savior? Savior. My Savior. My Savior. I am to engage in politics and poverty, in pending prison terms, in biased news reporting, and the miseducation of our children. And religion, wars overseas, the dying innocent, overblown rhetoric, mediocrity, hypocrisy. I need your heart as a safe space. I yearn for solitude from all the missed opportunities, for peace and progress. To have you in this way, I'd be blessed. I protest all of these injustices. I stand with the 1%. Even the downtrodden other other countries and continents. Not to mention this great recession, starving children, women and men stealing. The blues is revealing. It sings a long song of suffering, stands as heavy with tears and struggle. The blues will make you hustle in ways you never dreamt of. Blues don't hold love. So I need a break. I need an escape. Your presence would help. I can't do this by myself. I am only an island surrounded by pain and heartache. You are the opposite of those blues, ladies. I need every inch of the soul
0: Pain
4: and heartache. You are the opposite of those who no play. And you, every inch of
10: the You've heard the criticism before that President Obama won't use the phrase radical
0: Islamic terrorism. It appears that the shooter uh, was inspired by uh, various extremist uh, information. That was disseminated uh, over the internet.
10: He hasn't used the phrase before, and as Olivier Knox at Yahoo News points out, Mr. Obama almost certainly won't in the future. Olivier set it up.
9: Well, Gordon, this has come up uh, basically since 9/11. This is a long-running debate about presidential rhetoric about American enemies and the war on terrorism. They boil it down to two factors: one is that American presidents are very hesitant to suggest in any way that Islam is a motivating force for this kind of violence. Uh, you know, President Bush was extremely careful to disassociate Islam from the 9/11 attacks. For example, he went to the Islamic Center of Washington D.C. six days after those attacks to say, "Islam is peace. These people have tried to hijack uh, the, a great religion." The same applies to Barack Obama. What they're trying to do is not needlessly alienate America's Muslim partners and allies in the global war on terrorism. But also, they really, really, really don't want to. Legitimize the the actions of these kinds of extremists by letting them cloak their violence in religion.
10: But don't our Muslim allies dislike what these guys do in terms of, uh, as the President Bush said, hijacking the religion?
9: They absolutely do. The challenge is uh, that some, sometimes things get lost in translation. Sometimes, when a uh, when a an American politician says radical Islam, uh, some folks in in some of the more uh, uh, orthodox forms of uh, of Islam get offended. In 2006, when George W. Bush started talking about radical Islam um, as, a, as a force behind these kinds of attacks, the Saudi government came out and said, hey, 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 hold on. This is terrorism. It is not Islam. You have to separate the two.
10: But these terrorists at times, right, say they're inspired or directed by ISIS, so they cry out, Allahu Akbar?
9: Absolutely. Absolutely right. There, there is, but there's a difference between letting people Claim that they are acting on behalf of a religion and endorsing that claim. And that's the big concern for for now two American presidents. Um, Just because someone says they're acting on behalf of of God does not mean they are. And presidents have just tried not to legitimize this kind of rhetoric.
10: Interesting. We're speaking with Olivier Knox, chief Washington correspondent at Yahoo News. His piece is called Here's Why Obama Does Not Refer to Radical Islamic Terrorism. All right. So I thought I understood somebody say, too, that by President Obama not calling it this uh... he's failing to identify the enemy and that makes it more difficult to defeat
9: that is a recurring criticism of president obama's rhetoric on this issue uh... ted cruz has said said stuff along those lines but uh... democratic house member tulsi gabbard has as well there is a strain uh, of this argument that is look by not labeling it radical islamic terrorism you are failing to diagnose the problem which means that you will fail to find the cure to the problem uh... that's that's also been running since essentially nine nine eleven the, the, the debate uh, ends up being about policies that might target American Muslims, for example. So um, one of the things that motivated both President Bush and now it's Barack Obama is that there have been occasionally some reprisals, some retaliation, some uh, attacks on American Muslims. And they worry that calls, uh, for example, from Donald Trump to ban Muslim immigration to the United States or to uh, surveil uh, all of of the mosques in America, things like that. They worry about those things uh, targeting individual populations in the United States, the Muslim population specifically in the United States.
10: Olivier Knox, Washington correspondent at Yahoo News. America's First News is
0: online all the time. Follow us on Twitter at This Morning Show, like us on Facebook, or send us an email this morning at compassmedianetworks.com.
11: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm only going to talk to you just for a minute or so this evening because I have some very sad news for all of you. Could you lower those signs, please? I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world and that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis ah! Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings he died and the cause of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. For those of you who are black, considering the evidence evidently is that there were white people who were responsible, you can be filled with Bitterness and with hatred and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country in greater polarization, black people amongst blacks and white amongst whites filled with hatred toward one another. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand and to comprehend and replace that violence that stain of bloodshed that is spread across our land with an effort to understand compassion and love for those of you who are black and are tempted to be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling I had a member of my family killed but he was killed by a white man but we have to make an effort in the United States we have to make an effort to understand to get beyond or go beyond these rather difficult times my favorite poem I. My favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, Even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own despair against our will comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. What we need in the United States is not division What we need in the United States is not hatred, what we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another, and a feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or whether they be black.
2: So, I ask you tonight
11: to return home, to say a prayer for the family Martin Luther King. Yeah, it's true. But more importantly, to say a prayer for our own country, which all of us love, a prayer for understanding and that compassion that of which I spoke. We can do well in this country. We will have difficult times. We've had difficult times in the past, but we will, and we will have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence. It is not the end of lawlessness, and it's not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings that abide in our land and what dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world, let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people. Thank you very much.
2: stability but most of all tranquility people's inability to be humane is killing me I reach out and they're feeling me touch hearts till I hear you're healing me willingly I fight the good fight though I might die I give it all of my might they say love is blind then I have no sight I'm trying to shed light on these dark situations to bring peace to my home and every nation This problem I'm facing had my back against the wall, but something pushed me forward as I refused to fall. We all have to die, still we all must try to survive. Some of us live on when we are no longer alive. Some by becoming legends, martyrs, or by being remembered by the world, their homeland, or friends and family members. From October to September, we live out our lives. Besides that, We must strive to thrive but do not give in to greed or be corrupted by power some of the bravest and courageous are slain by cowards I hate to be a downer cuz I'm trying to lift you up peace must become life no ifs ands or buts I live my life hoping to get peace in return I will search till I find it leaving no stone unturned though bridges get burned we must rebuild them much stronger no we all must come together so there's no need to wander and you do not have to wonder if we shall fall because from fall to summer I do this for us all so wait for my call for I know the answer follow your heart and tune out the banter I look for peace so I look to love it is what has pushed me forward the opposite of a shove some people act as detours along my path. Others, while I tread troubled waters, act as a raft. Some hearts are filled with love and others with hatred. Some people are holy. To others, nothing sacred. Don't take this life for granted because some are underhanded. If it is not our choice to leave the nest, at least we choose where we've landed. I will fly and soar until I find tranquility. As I follow my heart, that's just the real of
5: William J. Wigglesworth, June 20th, 1692, aboard the British schooner Norwell, approximately 300 miles northeast of Tortuga. William Wigglesworth be my name, not a gent of great fortune or fame. I scribe this logbook as we sail back to Britain. My incredible tale now can be written. Born in Portsmouth to a Protestant preacher, my mother loved church, a devout Bible teacher. My sister, a seamstress of prized wedding gowns. Myself, a forger of British cannon rounds. I oft looked up to my fellow man.
1: Hey, ladies and gentlemen. This is St. Quentin. And we've come to the end of... Think it ain't illegal yeah. back soon with a new episode, and hopefully this episode has made you think, and want to make a difference in this world. Now I'm going to turn on, for the love of poetry and spoken word, and think.
0: Hey.